Well, welcome in to episode five of the HQ cast. Now, I hope you're all doing well. I actually shot this yesterday and I wasn't really happy with how it turned out. I actually tried, I went back to the dual topic uh, format. So I talked about GPs, the monopoly that Channel Fireball has on GPs. And then I talked about returning to magic. And I didn't, I felt like I didn't spend enough time on any one thing. And I felt like I was jumping around a bit. It's, it's hard to say exactly what I didn't like about it. Um, I was also interrupted. So I'm going to commit another half hour, 45 minutes here on Sunday to trying a little different approach. So I'm going to talk only about one topic, and that's going to be about returning to Magic the Gathering. The interesting thing, one of the things that our game has that very few other games have is the fact that people really seem to check in and check out. Uh, I personally have quit and restarted Magic probably three or four times. And it's definitely, I mean, obviously if the game itself died, this would not be that big of a deal, right? Like people would <laughs> have nothing to come back to. So I guess that that leads to part of it, right? Like the fact that the game still exists is part of the reason that we have something to come back to. But pe people quit for a wide variety of reasons. I find that it's usually lifestyle decisions. Like people might say right now, standard is terrible, but it's usually also something else. Like uh, standard is also expensive or they have something else competing for their time. And I, I think when I look back at my history of leaving this game and coming back, that's kind of how it was. So the first time I quit, let's see, I started in 93, 94. Um, certainly was when Revised was new. I can't remember the exact date because like who, who really, you know, who, I can't remember back, back, back that far. Some of you might be able to, but I can't. I remember it was revised, um, fourth edition. Um, you could buy you could buy some unlimited, but at the time, um, at the time, I mean, it wasn't like oh, unlimited's out there. Like people, at least I was like ten or something, so I didn't care. Twelve maybe. So it, was, it wasn't like, um, you know, I just wanted, I would buy whatever packs were there. It was more about going to the local game store and getting whatever packs they had, not necessarily any, any packs of anything in particular. Now, there was a time in my life where it was like revised, Fallen Empire, Ice Age was all in the shop. And, you know, I would just kind of pick something, whatever. And that's cool. Uh... Not, you know, not that dissimilar from nowadays where you have three, four, five sets that you can pick from at any one given time. This is before standard was even a thing. But I, I remember distinctly um, really loving Revised 
then when like fourth edition came out and they reprinted, it was like the same set sans the dual lands. As I take a sip from, uh, if you're watching the vid video, this is my wife's latest mug. It's got a leaf stamp on the handle that you might be able to see on the video. Her pottery's coming along. <laughs> it's kind of a random hobby, but uh, she appears to like it, so fuck me, right? I mean, playing magic is pretty bizarre, too, probably to her. So, um... Fourth edition was coming out, and I didn't. I was too young to really understand like what reprints were all about, or what, um, like why they would reprint something. So I remember, you know, I only had maybe ten dollars or something a month to spend on Magic, and it was like, uh, you buy a booster pack, and it's all the same cards you already have. <laughs> like that feels bad, you know, like that. That was really bad. I was like, oh, I already have these. Like back then, all I cared about was getting a card I didn't have or more of a card that I really wanted. But that was way more rare. I definitely wanted more cards that I didn't already have. It was more about getting new, interesting cards than like building constructed decks or whatever. That's how I played back then. I'm pretty much still kind of the same way. Um, and then, you know, I think it was right between, you know, starting middle school. I must have been in middle school time or something like that, you know. And you start getting interested in the ladies if you're if you're if that's who you're into. I started to get interested in the ladies, and so I wanted to do different things with my time. And so the game kind of just faded away. And then when I was like, let's say, must have been twenty one, I came back again. That was a long break you know, 10 years or something. Came back and the set that was out, I believe, was like Kamigawa. And I hated it. I couldn't pronounce any of the cards. The mechanics were weird. There, I mean, just, there was mythic rares, I think. And it just was not, I don't know. I was more inclined to play with my old cards and actually, I had a friend that played, and we just played with our old cards. Like, I went to my parents' house, and I think I got my cards out of the basement, and built a bunch of old, janky, like, kitchen table decks. And I had more fun doing that than buying booster packs. And there again, money was an issue. There was a local game store. We were in Janesville, Wisconsin. There were a couple LGSs there, if I remember correctly. And, um, but I was in college and I mean, I was writing, I was already at the state of my life where I was like <laughs> writing checks at Walmart the day before I got paid for like $20 over. So they would give me cash back. So I'd go to the bar, I mean, <laughs> or whatever, or buy food, you know? So I didn't really have money for magic at that time. <laughs> I mean, there were real times where I had to choose between driving to class and buying food because I didn't have money to put in my gas tank. So um, I quit again. And then around Return to Ravnica, Scars of Mirrodin, New Phyrexia, stuff like that, right around then is I, I came back again. And I've pretty much been pretty solidly in the game ever since. Now, 
you could argue, and I argued in yesterday's video, that like if I didn't have this YouTube channel or this podcast, things like that, um, pretty much I probably would have walked away from the game again. Um, Kaladesh on my cat, not great in my opinion. They're fun to draft, um, but I don't really like the standard environment right now. And it's okay to just be able to lay, lay back on the fringes and still commentate on the game, hang out with all of you. Uh, it's, a, it's a rare, it's like a, res- I mean, it is a responsibility, but at the same time, it's also kind of like a luxury in that I get to stay kind of into the game and uh, informed on what's going on, what decks are good, what's going on in the game. And then when I want to jump back in, I'll have a much smaller learning curve. And that brings me to the second part of quitting magic. And that is like returning to the game. I've thought about um, doing a much more condensed video on returning to magic because I get a lot of questions about that. And it makes sense because a lot of people do. A lot of people quit and then come back. I mean, it's I've done it three or four times. Many of you, probably several, maybe more. And, uh, you know, I kind of thought a little bit about it this weekend. And what does that process look like? And I, I get this question all the time and I want to answer it. But at the same time, like, coming back to Magic the Gathering really depends on where you left it. And... If you'll allow me to explain why I can't give you a clear answer, then maybe you'll let me off the hook. People play this game a lot of different ways. You know, are you a competitive player? Are you kitchen table? Are you an uh, EDH player? Are you a drafter? Who were you when you quit Magic or you took a break? That really, really changes what the roadmap to coming back to the game looks like. Let me give you an example. If you were a Friday night magicker, a grinder, an RPTQer, and you quit the game and you're coming back and you're like, "What do I? Where do I start?" I think all paths start with something like Magic Duels. I think it's the best way to. Learn the new mechanics, learn the new cards in the cheapest possible way. But I'm not going to recommend somebody who's like a tournament grinder spends a bunch of time on YouTube watching YouTubers. Most YouTubers, other than Tiwu, are pretty casual. And we don't offer a lot to competitive players. There's a few deck techers out there. Um, but, you know, I would suggest you get familiar with the current cards with something like Magic Duels, but then. I would point you to, unfortunately, places like Reddit or Star City Games, Channel Fireball's websites to see what the winning decks are. So once you get caught up on the cards, you want to immediately dive into what are the decks that are winning. And whether you're a net decker or not, you need to understand the meta. And so you look at sites like MTG Goldfish to understand what the meta is. Now, maybe you're a net decker and you're like, what's the deck? You know, which one of the top three decks are the decks that I think I could play the best? And then you find the best price and you buy them. 
that's what I, in my mind, what a highly competitive player would do. That's what I would do. Um, if you happen to be a brew, somebody who brews or likes to brew, you still want to understand the meta. You want to understand what decks are out there, what decks are good. So when you decide to bring your rogue brew to FNM, you know what you're going to be playing. Following a lot of the pros on Twitter, it's probably not a bad idea. Um, or at least reading their articles, wherever they may write them. You know, um, LSV is kind of out of the game, but there's a lot of up-and-coming pros, and it's not like he doesn't understand the game. But there's a lot of people who are very good at various formats that are paid to talk about them. And that's where I'd start if I was a, a, a tournament guy or gal. You know, competitive grinder, maximize your time, figure out which decks are winning, buy those decks, and get to practicing. But for most people, most casual people, if you're like me, and you took maybe a few years away from the game, I still recommend you start with something like Magic Duels. Step one is always like Magic Duels. Um, you could say MTGO, but why? If you don't know what the new cards do, then MTGO is not a great way, and it's super expensive. Why would I tell anyone to jump into that? Um, but if you're casual, there's nothing wrong with just getting out there and buying a booster box or getting out there and buying a couple fat packs or a deck builder's toolkit. A lot of people are coming back to the game, ask me, you know, where do I start? And I think my fans are more generally casual players. And so I would say, you know, start with the deck builder's toolkit. It's a nice little assortment of packs from the current standard. You get a land pack, you get some commons, uncommons. You can start some deck building and have some fun. The Planeswalker decks in 2017 are another great place to start. Buy them both. Get used to playing with them, play with the new cards, understand how Planeswalkers work, understand how the new mechanics work. Great investment for a new casual player. And by when I say casual, I mean really everybody except the ultimate win now at any cost players. Getting back into the game is a definitely a loaded question, and it's a roadmap that has many twists and turns. I've been thinking about developing kind of a flow chart for people. Maybe I'll do that tomorrow on the clock at the office because I want to put like a condensed version of returning to magic. Um, then use that to guide a video, then print it out as like a PDF or something or put it out there as like a PDF. Because I think most people can start, you know, again, it depends on how long you are away from the game. If you're away from the game for a year, you don't have to do really anything. Just look at the new cards on like, go to Mythic Spoiler, read through the last couple sets of cards, boom, you're done. If you're gone many years and there's a new card type, like for example, vehicles, or you've never seen a Planeswalker before, it's a little more tricky. Now... Hopefully, Magic Duels will have Planeswalkers soon. But that's kind of the outlier. I assume they probably will. Um, I think part of tips... So let me summarize a little bit. Tips for returning the game. Understand the new cards. Use something like Magic Duels, which is free or low cost. Play the game. It'll also help you get excited. I remember when I came back into the game, 
I got uh, the first version of Duels had just come out or something. And I remember I was sitting in my house here um, in the summertime, windows open, just cranking Magic Duels out on uh, PC, sitting on or sitting on the on the back porch playing Duels. Eventually, it got too slow for me, uh, all the animations and all that stuff. But overall, like, it wasn't a bad way to play Magic. Yes, it's not the pure Magic. It's not MTGO, but. Magic Duels is a great... I hope Wizards continues to invest in this tool. Number two. So number one, play some Magic Duels. Number two, do a bit of research. Now, based on what kind of player you were and what kind of player you want to be, that's going to depend where you do your research. If you're a hardcore grinder, you want to read articles. You want to watch a few videos from pros. You want to watch some top eight coverage from recent Grand Prix or the Pro Tour. Watch the Pro Tour, most recent Pro Tour videos. Look at the deck lists on Star City Games or Channel Fireball, winning deck lists, stuff like that. Follow a guy like Travis Wu here on YouTube, who I like. I consider an internet freund. And uh, he's a pro player. Damn good at magic. Uh, pretty entertaining, as long as you're not easily triggered. Um, now, if you're a more casual player... Um, and by casual, I mean you still hang out at your LGS, you still participate in, in drafts, but you're not taking the pro tour path. You don't want to be a pro. Uh, or you're not even really interested in competing at an ultra-high level. You don't, you don't mind competing, but you're not traveling around RPTQs and PPTQs or whatever the hell they're called anymore these days, stuff like that. That's a different path. For us, for the rest of us normies, uh, it's kind of more about just getting back into it. And uh, if you have the means, go buy a booster box or a couple of fat packs for the most recent sets. Crack those things up. There's nothing like that new pack smell to reinvigorate someone's love for the game. I remember when I got back into the game, I went crazy with booster boxes. Uh, our local game store at the time was called Game Universe. It's since been sold. I remember going in there and... They were charging like 120 or 130 for booster boxes, and I was like, I'm not paying that. Uh, and then I think he gave me some deals, maybe 110 or 105 or something. I think I bought like one of every booster box in standard. Boom, left the store. I think I went back the very same night and bought more booster boxes. I mean, I've when I got back into it, I, I went hard. Not a lot of people can do that. And it's really not a good use of someone's money. It's not a good use of your money. It's stupid. <laughs> so stupid. I'd never even seen a Planeswalker. And I opened a lot of Liliana of the Veils and thought they sucked. I was like, she's kind of hot, but what's the point of this card again? I, uh, <laughs> I When I came back into the game, I learned an expensive lesson. Sold off all my shock lands for pennies on the dollar. Just to buy more boosters. All the mistakes we all make. But if you're on more on a limited budget, I think a deck builder's toolkit's a great place to start with product. Um, it's cheap. It gives you a couple of packs from each of the most recent sets. And you get enough stuff to build decks with, right? Planeswalker decks. Another great option for new or returning players. Uh, they're a current product. I don't know if they'll put them out forever 
or if it'll even still be out when you're listening to this in the year 2020, uh, when my head is just floating around in a jar and everyone eats all their meals in a single tablet form. <laughs> in, in, in three years, we're going to advance that much. <laughs> Should have said 2120 or something. But Planeswalker decks are great. I mean, most people... Here's what I think about Magic players. It's true. Most of us analyze things like the most grizzled veterans, the most grizzled high-performance pro on the planet, but we're not that player. So it's easy to like shit on Planeswalker decks or deck builders toolkits. But really, there's not these are fine products. Would I like to see a little more value in them? Of course. But are they fine for people getting into the game or just getting back into the game? Yes, totally. These are totally fine products. Wizards did a good job with Planeswalker decks. I'll, I will debate anyone on that. They're a hundred times better than intro packs. They're just so much better. Got to be more profitable for them too. Two options. You don't have five options out there. And, you know, when you're new to the game, you're like, crap, which one do I even buy? Well, I'll buy the one that has my favorite colors in it. At least now you give people fewer options. I mean, I'm in marketing. I do direct marketing uh, for a living. Very good at it. Direct response marketing. And one of the early things you learn in this game is that when you give people too many options, they don't make a decision. And so getting down to... Uh, getting down to just two Planeswalker decks, I think is great. One is not enough. Two is great. Leave it at two wizards. Don't fuck that up. So if you're if you're not anything but like a hyper competitive person, play some Magic Duels. Go buy a Deck Builders Toolkit. Get both Planeswalker. Like you could get a Deck Builders Toolkit and both Planeswalker decks for what sixty bucks. I think maybe if they're twenty bucks each. What a great way to get back in the game. You got two complete decks. Bam. You can face off head-to-head -head against someone. Or, you know, when I was getting back into the game, I used to build decks and just play myself. Play with myself. <laughs> oh, wait. If you're just listening to the audio cast, I just showed some lotion. I've never, you know what? I've never used lotion for the, for, for the self-pleasure. I mean, I get that joke, I guess, but what a waste of lotion. Lotion's expensive. I wouldn't want to use that for fapping. That's crazy. <laughs> anyway, oh, and we're back. <laughs> it just happens to be really dry in my house. Um, yeah, now I'm, I'm all off. So you buy Deck Builder's Toolkit and one of each of the Planeswalker decks, or honestly, you could buy like so now there's four out, I think. You could buy all four. If you had a $100 bill, you could buy all four Planeswalker, or Planeswalker decks and probably a Deck Builder's Toolkit. Instant collection. You have four decks to choose from. What a great way to get back into the game. And if you have a little extra money, maybe buy a booster box. But I would still start with those pre-constructed options. Deck Builder's Toolkit, Planeswalker decks. And then eventually, if you turn into that hyper-competitive player and you think, boy, I wasted my money on all these Planeswalker decks, you know, that don't have any highly competitive cards in them. So what? 
you know how much money you lose each rotation? <laughs> I mean, if you're playing standard, you're just pissing money out the window anyway. So what do you care about dropping 100 bucks on uh, some Planeswalker decks that just got you back into the game and, you, and, and took you to that spot where you realized that, you, that maybe that wasn't a great purchase? You know? That's a... Very small price to pay. I mean, Wizards banned Emrakul. Everyone lost 100 bucks overnight. Or Smuggler's Copter. Everyone lost 100 bucks overnight. Big collectors lost thousands overnight. So, I mean, who cares, right? The, mo the important thing is that you're back. So, I think knowing who you were when you left the game, acknowledging how much time has passed. Has it been a year? Has it been five years? The longer that has passed, the more time and money you're going to have to invest into kind of getting back up to speed. But that's okay. I mean, magic is the most fun when you're just getting back into it. That's why it's that's why people keep coming back. Every time you come back into the game, everything's like brand new. Uh, all everything's just like nostalgia overdrive happy times and then you get like me uh i'm a mediocre player at best but i love the game so much that i do this youtube channel about it and i love that and you all are out there listening really participating really our po the podcast is really a discussion and if you're listening over on SoundCloud, you know you can leave comments, by the way, or iTunes. You can leave comments, and I read those. If you're watching on YouTube, you already leave comments, but I'm not reading from a script. Like, this is just us talking, right? I assume along the way, you're all responding in the comments somewhere. And so the, the, the reasons that you come back can, can vary, right? I don't really remember any one particular reason for coming back to the game in any, in any event. I mean, there's like, I mean, I guess you just get bored, right? Or whatever it is that you left the game for, for is no longer entertaining. You know, I played Magic when I was single, and then when I dated girls, I didn't play Magic. Uh, that's probably not uncommon, right? You have less money to play Magic. <laughs> less free time to fill up because you're chasing that poon. Then I got married. And now look behind me. <laughs> oh, marriage. You, I mean, whatever people's reasons are, right? I think the second time I came back to Magic, it was because I was working at Walmart. I was in college. I worked in electronics. Loved that job, actually. It was like dicking around for eight hours straight every day. And I worked with Shane. He was a big ICP fan. He was he was a, he was a cool kid. And uh, we would. He played magic. And then, you know, you meet someone, they play magic, you play magic, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa. You play magic? Yeah, I used to play magic. Oh, shoot. Oh, we sell magic cards here at Walmart? That's pretty crazy. Let's buy some and play. 
and then before you know it, you're overdrafting checks to buy more magic cards. You know, I, I don't I don't know. I hope that's not the case, but I feel like I had done that. <laughs> magic is a great game. It's a great game to come into. It's a great game to take a break from. It's always going to be there. Now we have 20 plus years. We're coming up on the 25th anniversary. And the, like these cards are always going to exist. People will always play Magic. If Wizards of the Coast goes belly up tomorrow, <laughs> the game will still be played. Everyone has so many cards that people will just keep playing. EDH players aren't going anywhere. Cube players aren't leaving. They're done. They're set. They have their decks. They have their cubes built. They have a giant pool of cards. So they can build infinite decks. So, yeah. Coming back to Magic. It's always a great time. And there's a lot of different ways you can do it. But it doesn't matter how you get it done. It only matters that you're back. And that you're here. And we'll be here waiting when you take a break because we know sometimes you need a break. We've all taken breaks ourselves. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who bought an alpha pack that never stopped playing. The game is expensive. Life happens. There's probably some out there. But, like, that's just the natural state of things to take a break every once in a while. And that's okay. So, I hope you enjoyed this meandering, memory lane-filled podcast episode 005 i hope you've taken time to comment in the comment section and share your thoughts because like i said this is a conversation this is not interesting for me to do to just talk i want to have a conversation with all of you next week i don't know what i'm going to talk about uh, maybe grand prix Grand Prix Survival Guide. Grand Prix Memories. How about that? It seems like people really talk about how they like when I talk about memories. So maybe that's what we'll do. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We'll talk to you again real soon. <laughs>